Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. I've been playing over the last couple of days some of our archives, some shows that I did with Sharam Hadian. Sharam is a former Muslim from Iran, came to Christ when one of his students handed him a cassette tape of her pastor preaching the Easter message. Out of politeness, uh, he took it from her. He had had some conversations with her about her Christian faith. And he took it and decided, you know, I'm not going to listen to that. And it sat in his car for a few days, and he got under conviction and feeling, you know, why I'm afraid of listening to this. And so he put it in, and he couldn't stop listening to it on the one side. It had the, um, the morning message of the death and burial of Jesus Christ. In the evening message, the preacher was preaching the resurrection of Jesus. And he came away with that, um, you know, with an understanding of the gospel. And he spoke to her and he said, you know, one thing, you see, as a Muslim, for me to get to heaven, I must die for my God. But for, it seems like for you Christians to get to heaven, your God died for you. I'd like to know more about that. And he met with her pastor, got saved, and and uh, today is a preacher of the gospel and has been uh, warning people about the dangers of Islam and its growth and its false teaching and doctrines. Folks, aren't you glad that the gospel came to your address? I sure am. Um, you know, but uh, I was lucky. I was lucky in many ways. I was born in a preacher's home, and so that exposed me to the gospel at an early age. didn't mean that I got saved because I was born to Christian parents. Being born in a Christian home doesn't make you... Uh, uh, any more Christian than being born in McDonald's makes you a Big Mac uh, or a garage makes you a car. Uh, it just means that you get exposed to Christianity at an earlier age, and at the age of five, I got saved. And I'm so grateful that the gospel came to our address, that someone went to my grandma's house and, and opened the Bible and explained it to her, and she got saved, and as a result, many of us uh, in our family all got saved. Uh, but I could have been born, not in Indiana, but it could have been born in India, or Pakistan, or Bangladesh, or Iran, or for that matter, so could you. And uh, if that was the case, we might have been born to Muslim parents raising us with the Quran. And so um, as Christians, and as Islam is growing, it's the fastest growing religion in the world, and so it aids us to be better uh, informed about uh, Muslim doctrine so that we can bring them to the truth. Uh, that's um, you know, a good part of our ministry, Missions to Muslims. We've now seen close to 200 Muslims uh, come to Christ as a result of our radio ministry and other teaching ministries and outreach that we do. And so today, we're going to get further into the doctrines of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, Muslims believe in Jesus. But he's not the same Jesus of our Bible. It's the Jesus of the Quran is quite different. And, um, and that's the, uh, you know, the goal of the devil, to distort truth, to twist it and change it so that it keeps us from the saving knowledge. And uh, so um, we're going to cut into that here this evening as Sharam Hadian and I discussed this. This is a program we recorded on American Family Radio. We did a show there uh, for about three years, uh, a national syndication show of our uh, ministry, Fortress of Faith. And I hope it would be a blessing to you, and I hope it would be a help. And so here we go. 
Sharam, we were kind of getting, you just quoted a hadith, um, a quotation of, from what one of the followers of Muhammad had said. But you need to understand who this guy is, folks. Abu Bakr was the first convert to Islam. He also becomes later the father-in-law of Muhammad. His daughter was Aisha, one of uh, Muhammad's favorite wives. He married her when she was six years of age, folks. Consummated it. Uh, he did wait. I mean, he was a gentleman. He waited till she was nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek about being a gentleman. Okay. And so, and then later he becomes the successor. He becomes the caliph. He follows Muhammad. So you need to understand how detrimental this is to the doctrines of Islam when you hear what he says. So go ahead, Sharam, explain again. Uh, what did he say? Uh, this is from successor of the messenger, the Khalid. Uh, so this is basically a hadith of, of, uh, of Abu Bakr. And this is like basically... It's like the Psalms in, in the Bible where David was contemplating. This is Abu Bakr contemplating, and he says this, quote, By Allah, I would not feel safe from the deception, or the Arabic word there is makra. I would not feel safe from the makra of Allah, even if I had one foot in paradise. So what he's saying is, because Allah is a deceiver, and we know that one of the 99 names of Allah is that he is the chief or the greatest of the deceivers, here is the first convert, the follower of Muhammad, the first caliph. I mean, this guy was with Muhammad day in and day out. And he says, because Allah is a liar, even if I had one foot in heaven, I wouldn't trust to let for him to let me bring the other foot in heaven. Folks, he's saying, I have no guarantee of salvation. And by the way, the verse goes on to say, he said this while weeping. So he's basically having a moment of contemplation. He's weeping about his own salvation, saying, I have no guarantee because Allah is a liar. Think about this. Think about the ramifications that not only does, does the Muslims have no 100% guarantee that Muhammad went to heaven, but now the first caliph, the successor, has no guarantee he's going to go to heaven because Allah is the liar and the greatest of liars. Wow. Isn't that amazing, Tom? What a contrast between our faiths, the divisions between Christianity and Islam. In Christianity, you have a no-soul salvation. That's you right. can have that confidence once we're in God's hand. John 10, 29 tells us that no man can pluck us, be able to pluck us out of the, out of the Father's hand. And so, you know, we have that confidence that we have been saved from death unto life. God has given us eternal life. Praise God for that. Amen. But Muslims don't have that guarantee. They have a, I hope so, uh, I kind of hope I make it, and uh, we have a no-so salvation. Amen. And yes. so, Sharam, now, though, what's the other contrast? We've got to get to Jesus. Yes. Because there's a big difference between the doctrines in Islam about Jesus and the Christian doctrine. Folks, everything rises and falls in Christianity on Jesus. Yes. Okay. And so with us, Jesus is God in the flesh, laid down his life for the atonement of our sin. He is the perfect uh, sacrifice. All the lamb uh, sacrificial system of the Old Testament, the blood, the shedding of blood, was pushing towards Jesus Christ. And as John the Baptist, the forerunner, as he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, 
the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the earth. So here's the Christian view. What is the Muslim view? Well, Tom, you made the great point. This is where it rests. This is it. Because this is probably going to be the most offensive thing for the Muslim as it was for me. Because, you know, the Muslim believes, as we've already covered, that they must, by works, hope to get to heaven. Well, we know in Romans 5 and, and many other verses that God has said that it is only through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So, therefore, we have to broach the subject of Jesus Christ. The Muslim believes that Jesus is a prophet. He believes that Jesus, or Esau, was sent by Allah as a prophet, given revelation. The Christians around Jesus and following Jesus' time perverted it. They messed it up. And they believe that he is not God. They believe he's not the Son of God because Allah has no children. And they believe that he was never crucified. So we have to contrast that. We can say to them, as I've said to Muslims, I know that you believe this about Jesus, and I know this is what the Quran teaches. But I want to share with you what the Bible teaches about Jesus Christ. I want to share with you that indeed the Bible says that he was, as you said, Tom, God coming in the flesh, that he is the son of God, that he is incarnate on earth to take the sins of man away, that he is the perfect atonement. And so uh, Muslims sometimes have a hard time with the idea of atonement, but if we can understand again, going back to their idea of sin and salvation, we can make that that sort of jump for them to now say, because you have no guarantee, Jesus Christ came to give us a guarantee. One more thing also, Tom, is that Muslims believe that uh, because all are going to go into hell, uh, that they're going to have to go to hell to get to heaven the Bible teaches that, no, 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 Jesus has come so that those who believe in him will never enter hell, but will enter heaven alone. The Bible teaches only Satan and the fallen angels and the unsaved will enter hell. So this is a clear contrast, and ultimately it is going to that place of hope. My dear Muslim brother, my dear Muslim sister, I wouldn't call him brother or sister, but some do. But my friend, whoever, whatever you want to call them, my neighbor, I love you enough to tell you that you have no hope of salvation. You have no hope of eternity. But in Christianity, through Jesus Christ, we can truly have hope. And, oh, Tom, one more thing that's really critical is that in the Quran, they are taught that even if you go to heaven, you are never to be with Allah. You're never to be with God because Allah is unknowable. Allah is untouchable. Allah is, it doesn't even co it coexist with his creation. That was one of the things growing up for me that was so problematic because I thought, well, what's the point of going to heaven if you don't get to be with God? The Bible says that not only has Jesus Christ atoned for our sins, but he's the perfect mediator and that he is the bridge that takes us from this life to eternity for what purpose? So that we can be with the Father in heaven for eternity. So that we can actually commune with God, live with God, have relationship with God for an eternity. Why? Because that's how much he loves us. That's how much he desires to be with us. This is the contrast that we must give to the Muslim and folks, I promise you 95%, even if they're culturally Muslim like I was, it's going to rattle their cages. It's going to offend them. It's going to upset them. 
but you have to trust the power of the Holy Spirit. It all rests on Jesus Christ, Tom. And remind them that really their offense isn't with you. Their offense is with the message of God's word. You know, you're just the messenger. You're not better than them. You're not uh, holier than they are. In fact, you might find some of these Muslims. And even, you know, even if you're dealing with the gospel message with anyone out there, some of them may be very pious, may be very uh, righteous in their living, but sometimes those are the hardest to win to Christ because they are so full of their own self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the humble, God saveth the humble, the broken, the contrite spirit. He's nigh unto them, but he resisteth the proud. And so, you know, Muslim will be proud with his good works, with his holier-than-thou religion. He has the superior religion. You, you know, have the faulty religion. But when you bring them to God's word, and folks, you've got to trust God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For them to have saving faith, God's word will prick their heart. And that's where that offense, there has to be an offense there to prick the heart, to bring them under conviction and realize that their offense really isn't with you, it's with God. Remind them, you know, your offense isn't with me. Your offense is with God. Folks, we'll close here. And that pretty much closes this archive of going through some of the doctrines of Islam, the doctrines of their salvation, doctrines of Jesus, doctrine of sin. If you missed those broadcasts, you can go back and listen to them on our website at fortressoffaith.com, fortressoffaith.com. That's it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of truth and courage. God bless you.